The best definition of success I have ever heard was one that Earl Nightingale originated way back 1959. He said, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Well, let's break that down for a moment. Welcome to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. My name is Eldin Hassa. I dedicate this episode to Bob Proctor, one of the most amazing mentors and teachers of personal development, law of attraction, the power of your mind, the mindset. I dedicate this episode to my own personal mentor that I've studied for over 30 years and I have been spending over 15 years teaching his methods and his teachings to my students. In this episode, you're going to find some of the golden nuggets of thousands from the most amazing Bob Proctor. May he rest in peace. I love him dearly and I miss him so much. Rest in peace, Bob Proctor. This is Eldon Hassa. I see you in the next episode. And before I go, write in the comment section of this podcast, what is your favorite quote from Bob Proctor? What is the quote or a book or a teaching from Bob Proctor that influenced you, that changed your life, that improved your life? Perhaps you've attended one of his live workshops or you read his books and you can share a story of how your life has improved as a result of us being blessed by this incredible human being, Bob Proctor. Just think of this for a moment. Let's suppose there was a virus going around and this virus caused people to really stunt their growth, ruin their income and cause them to mix with people who are on the wrong track. And it was a virus and there didn't seem to be any prescription to solve the problem. We would be in panic state. We would be looking everywhere for some kind of a prescription to fix and kill this virus. Well, do you know that's what a paradigm is? A paradigm is a program that is lodged in your subconscious mind, in your innate mind. It has been placed there genetically from the moment of conception. All mom's DNA and all dad's DNA is your DNA. And then there's an attractive force set up. And when you are born, then your environment becomes part of the paradigm. Why do you think so many people are struggling? Why do you think only three or 4% live a truly full, wealthy, meaningful life? It's because everybody is caught up in the paradigm. When I started to study this, when I started to understand it, it just about blew my mind. And then when I found out I could change it, I could take a pen and write my own paradigm and live the way I really wanted to live. I almost found it hard to believe. You know, the law of success is a pretty interesting concept. There's been books written on it, stories told on it. Lives have been spent looking for it. Let's understand that everything operates by law. The whole universe operates by law. The best definition of success I have ever heard was one that Earl Nightingale originated way back 1959. He said, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Let's break that down for a moment.
Success is the progressive, continually moving, progressive realization, constant awareness of a worthy ideal. An ideal is an idea that you have fallen in love with. An ideal is an idea that you're intellectually, emotionally, and physically involved with. An ideal is an idea that you've fallen in love with. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So you don't ask, are you worthy of the idea? Are you worthy of the good? Is it worthy of you? Now, now you're getting in to law of success. Is it worthy of you? You see, what you're going to do is trade your life. You're trading your life for whatever it is you're going after. So you want to make up your mind, whatever your goal happens to be, whatever you are pursuing, make certain it's worthy of you because you're trading your life for it. The law of success calls for you to continually move in toward a predetermined objective in life and bringing your life in harmony with the laws that govern the entire universe. Think of this for a moment. Do you know that every living soul gets exactly the same amount of time? Exactly the same amount of time. Figure it out. You get all there is. A hobo sleeping under a bridge or on a park bench that has no material possessions, none, does nothing of any constructive nature, that person gets exactly the same amount of time as the most productive industrialist in the world. We all get exactly the same amount of time. So it's what we do with the time that makes a difference. I want you to think of the number of time management programs. Almost everyone under the sun has time management programs. In fact, I made one one time, spent a lot of money on it. And then I found out it was a dumb waste of time and money. Do you know why? Time can't be managed. I was having breakfast with Earl Nightingale one morning, and it was downtown Chicago, and I was going with him on a speaking engagement, and it was early in the morning. He said, you want to meet for breakfast? Whenever Earl Nightingale said, you want to meet me, I was there, and I always had some well-prepared questions. And I remember asking him, I said, Earl, how did you learn how to master time management? You know, we're having breakfast. I can still hear his fork hit the plate. He said, what the hell are you talking about? He said, I've never mastered time management. Nobody masters time management. He said, time can't be managed. He said, I merely manage activity. And he took a little card out of his pocket. And he said, every night before I go to bed, I write down six most important things I have to do tomorrow. These are goal-achieving activities. And when I wake up, that's what I start working on. And if I don't get them all done, I'll add them to tomorrow's list. He said, you should have about six. Now, if I have three that I didn't get done today, that doesn't mean I have nine for tomorrow, like six plus these three. Those three become part of the six you have to do the next day. When you wake up, you give all your conscious attention to do those things. See, you cannot manage time, but you can manage activity. You can manage your activities. Make certain that what you're doing really makes a difference. Make certain that you're spending your time on activities that are productive, that are taking you in the direction of your goal. I uh, met a man here in Toronto. He was the one that originally got me involved in studying this, Ray Stanford. 
And he told me if I didn't like the results I was getting in my life, mm -hmm. that I was going to have to change me because there were my results. And he said, if you're going to change you, you're going to have to find out something about yourself. Ah. And that seemed to make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it was an earth-shattering idea. It wouldn't give anybody a brain hernia, but it made a hell of a lot of sense to me. So I started to study myself. I found most people don't know who they are. They really don't. What do you mean? I mean, I know my name, I know my age, I know where yeah, I live. Yeah, that's not what you, though. You know, that, that, that's know just size, that. If you ask the average person who they are, they'll give you their name. They'll say, I'm Bob Proctor, but I'm not. Bob and Proctor are two words. My parents give them to me. They're called names, but it's not me. It's my name. Then somebody will say, well, this is me, but this isn't me either. It's my body. Like, you never phone down here to the, to the studio and say, body won't be in today. It's sick. Okay. You know, we don't say am hand or am leg. It's my hand, my leg, my body, my name. Who am I? Well, that's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. And I believe if a person will start to study that and look for the answer, they'll find it. See, I think we live simultaneously on three planes of understanding. We're okay. spiritual creatures. We have an intellect, and we live in physical bodies. Okay. But because we lack awareness or understanding of who we are, we're totally locked into a physical world, and we let things outside of us control us. 95% of the population are reacting to life. They're not really living at all. I don't think you determine what your purpose is. I think you discover what your purpose is. There's a difference. Determining indicates deciding. Um, and I don't think you decide. I think if you go about it the right way, you discover it. Like there's some people that should be painting all day. They're great artists. I think Michelangelo was obviously a great artist, a great sculptor. I mean, that was his purpose in his life. Well, I believe my purpose is doing what I'm doing. Your purpose is why you get out of bed in the morning. Do you know why you get up? Well, most people say, well, it's to go to work. Well, that'd be a good reason to stay in bed. You know, you say, well, everybody's doing it. That'd be another reason to stay in bed. If you're ever doing what everybody's doing, you're probably going in the wrong direction. Your purpose is your reason for living. What you want to do is sit down and maybe take a pen and a pad and then ask yourself, what do I really love doing? Now, you may have to spend a while at this. You might get up an hour early every morning and go sit under a tree somewhere if you're in a nice climate or pick a favorite chair, someplace where you're not going to be disturbed and totally relax and say, if I could spend my life doing something what do I really love doing? Now, since you don't ask yourself that question every day, it might take a while for this answer to come to the surface. But it comes to your consciousness. And it may take a while. You may have to do this every morning for three months. But it would be well invested, the time. How many times have you had somebody say to you, hey, have you got a minute, Bob? Have you got a minute? They don't want a minute. I want you to think about that. I read a poem one time. It said, I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It was forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it and I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. It's only a tiny little minute, 
but eternity is in it. Well, at any rate, I thought, I'm going to put this on a video, and I'm just going to share it with everybody, just this one little part out of the seminar I'm making. I want you to look at this sand timer, and let this, I want you to think about your life. The sand in the top of the glass represents the future. The sand in the bottom of the glass represents the past. Now, do you know, we know what's in the past, and yet we can't do anything about it. Do you know what the trick is? You don't know how much sand's in the top of the glass. You may think you have a lot, you might only have a little. Then again, you may think you have a little, and you might have a lot. When I was a little boy, I was raised by my grandmother. And I don't know, when I was a little gaffer, she was probably 60, but as long as I can remember, Grandma would say, I'll soon be gone, dear, I'll soon be gone. Well, you know, we loved her. She was really an angel of God, but we thought she was never going to go. She lived to be 94 for 30-some years. I'll soon be gone. She didn't think she had much time left. She had 34 years left. Now, about the same time, I had a buddy of mine, Bob Yates. He was just 16. And bang, he ran into the abutment of a bridge, and his life was snuffed out. If you had asked him a half hour before how much sand he had left, he would have said at least a half a century. He didn't have a half an hour. See, the trick is we don't know how much sand we have left. The future, we don't know. The past, it's gone. Now, the only thing you can deal with is what's right here, right now. And if you look, the sand is always moving. Now, think of this. You see, I was working on that, and then I was working on a graph I've got here on my computer, and I'm thinking of the time somebody said, hey, have you got a minute? Well, they don't really want a minute. Do you know if you're earning $50,000 a year, a minute's 42 cents? A half hour is $12.50. If we take that ahead a bit, if you're earning $80,000 a year, a minute's 67 cents. Half hour's $20. If you're earning $150,000 a year, you got a minute? <laughs> it costs you $1.25 a minute. A half hour is $37.50. So if you see if somebody said, you want to stop for a cup of coffee? Well, if you're earning a quarter of a million dollars a year, a minute is $2.08. Half hour is $62.50. And then, of course, you've got the coffee to pay for on top of that. So you see, the point is this. This is all we've got right here, right now. We don't know how much we have left in the future, but we do know what we've got now. And I have found the people that win are the people who make up their mind. They're not going to waste the minutes. They're going to be productive. They're going to make it happen every minute. He said that success was the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Anyone that has a goal and they're moving towards it, they're successful. <clears throat> Most people think that you're successful if you have a lot of money. Quite often you have a lot of money if you're successful, but it isn't. I wouldn't say Mother Teresa has a lot of money. Okay. You know, but she's a pretty successful lady. So it's... Um, okay, so that barrier to success... Well, there's a, there's a couple of them. Okay. I think there's two barriers. One is our conditioning. The conditioning that takes place in our subconscious mind from the time we're infants. All we can do is act and talk like the people around us. That's why we learn the language we learned. If there was ten languages spoken in our home, we'd learn ten languages without any trouble. There's usually one, and that's the only one we ever learn. And we grow older and we think, oh, I couldn't learn another language. We could learn a hundred if we wanted to. You can do anything. But I think we're conditioned. We have a, a real strong conditioning, usually with not some very good ideas. And then that, that's the, the, 
the barrier that's inside us, the one that's outside of us, is our environment. We have a tendency to act like everybody around us. And if you think about this, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because if you study statistics, 95% of the people live their entire life and never live the way they want to live. You know that 95% of the population in this country, let's say in North America, okay. the richest continent in the history of the world, they'll work productively, let's say for 40 of their 65 years, okay. and they'll end up with hardly any money. Well, there's got to be something wrong. So there's not much. 5% of the people end up financially comfortable or independent. Are you trying to depress this, Bob? Because that's, uh... No, actually, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's quite an exciting idea because... You see, the idea behind it is that anybody can win, anyone at all. But if we start studying these statistics, I think we'll arrive at the conclusion, geez, I better start thinking for myself rather than follow everybody. Most people, they get a job, they look around, they see how everybody else is doing their work, and they start doing it the same way. Mm -hmm. They should stop and think, I wonder if any of these people know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, is there a better way to do it? But don't we have a need to fit in? I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to stand out, we don't want to get fired, we don't want to make waves. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Just fall into line, you know, take a number, be like everybody around. <laughs> you know, that'd be great in the animal kingdom, I, but human beings aren't supposed to live that way. I think we should make a few waves. We should maybe stand out, be different. Not, not for the sake of being different, okay. but because we are different. We all think different thoughts. And I believe we should start to think and build images in our mind of what we'd like to do and then set out and do it. Okay, Emerson did that, Edison did that, Marconi did that, Samuel Morse did that, uh, Buckminster Fuller did that. We could go on and on and on. Okay. They were different. They stood out. They made a few waves. Select a person who is already doing something that you'd like to do. Get to know that person. Mm -hmm. Go to the experts for advice. Don't ask the person next door, your mother, father, brother, or the guy that works beside you, because they don't necessarily know. There's no point in asking a person how to earn a lot of money if they're only earning 10000 a year. They don't know they knew they'd probably be earning a lot. It's like, don't fair. go to a sick doctor if you want to get healthy. Okay. So you find someone that you can go to for advice. Get a real good book and lock into that book and start to study it. Like, I've had this one that looks like a Bible, you know. But this is Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. I've been reading this thing now for 23 years. I'll probably read it for another 23 years. I get another good book that I brought over here today. It's called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. I'm not getting a commission for selling this. The author's dead now. He's been gone for a couple of years. But Dr. Joseph Murphy wrote this book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. And that's probably one of the best books that you're ever going to find because you're going to learn something about your mind when you read this book. Okay. Now, I read a lot of books. I've got probably a thousand books sitting in my den at home in my library. But the one that I, car I carry it everywhere I go and I read it all the time is Think and Grow Rich. I never stop reading it. Now, where's the value for you to reread that and read well, it again? I mean, you must... You must know it well enough that... Uh, I think I could probably recite it verbatim. But the secret is, I once read in a book where it said, when you read a good book through mm -hmm. the second time, you don't see something in it that you didn't see before. You see something in yourself that wasn't there before. You see, when I read this, I create a, a, a greater awareness. Do you know that the law of attraction is always working? It's like the law of gravity. If I let this go, it's going to go down. It's never going to go back up, it's going to go down. That is the law of gravity. Anything heavier than Earth is attracted towards the center of the world. Well, the law of attraction is always working. Now, how does it work? Well, I use a diagram to explain the mind. Now, let this circle represent your mind. 
and let this little circle here represent your body. Now I want you to think of this for a moment. Your body is a molecular structure. This is a mass of energy and a very high speed of vibration. If you looked at your body through a microscope, you'd see that energy dancing right before your eyes. And here's something that'll keep you thinking for the next 20 years. When you move out of it, the body does not stop moving. If you go to a funeral parlor and pick up the remains and look at it, you will see it moving. And if it wasn't moving, how would it ever change the dust? You move into your body and you will move up. And it's how you use your mind that's gonna dictate the vibration you're in. Now stay with me. You have an imaginary line right across here, and that separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind. Now the subconscious mind has been programmed. When you were a little baby, this is the way it was. So just like this, subconscious mind wide open, and everything that was going on around it went right in there. And all the energy that went in there when you were just a little baby formed something called a paradigm. Now a paradigm is information. It's a multitude of habits. You are the product of your environment, but prior to that, you were the product of a genetic strain that goes back for generations. Now I'm gonna say that the paradigm is X-type energy. Now you've got the ability here on a conscious level to think, and you can think anything you wanna think. And as you think, you build ideas. There's a power that's flowing into your consciousness. It never stops. It flows to and through you. You can actually photograph this power leaving you. It flows to and through you. Now, as it flows in, you will start thinking, and you'll probably think X-type thoughts. Therefore, you're going to be in an X-type vibration. And that will produce X-type results. Now, it's the results you want to change. And to change the results, you're going to have to change what you attract. You see, the thoughts that you think control the vibration that you're in. Vibration is nothing but an idea. It's a law of the universe. Everything vibrates, nothing rests. We live in a notion of motion. And it's the thoughts that you're thinking that you impress upon your subconscious mind that control the vibration the body's in. And that dictates how you act, but it also dictates what you attract. You attract energy that's in harmony with you. You attract people that are in harmony with you. You see, everything operates on frequencies. There's an infinite number of frequencies, but you and I operate on a frequency just like a radio station does. And the only music you can attract is the music that is tuned into the vibration you're in. Now it's the paradigm that has been controlling the vibration. You can change your thinking, but that doesn't do anything. You gotta change the paradigm. And if you don't change the paradigm, nothing happens. Now, talking about paradigms is another subject. We'll do that at another time. But it's the thoughts that you think that control the vibration you're in and that dictates what you attract. So if you keep attracting what you don't want, understand this, it's the paradigm that's causing the problem. You can think a Y-type thought, which is totally different than the X-type conditioning. It isn't gonna go anywhere. Because when you go to get emotionally involved, and this is the emotional mind, when you go to get emotionally involved with that white type thought, the paradigm will kick it out. You know why? It's so uncomfortable. That's stepping out of the box. That's doing things different. And we don't like to do things different because it causes a lot of discomfort. 
But understand this, the paradigm and the thinking control the vibration you're in, and the vibration you're in is going to dictate what you attract. People that are in a poverty consciousness will continue to attract lack and limitation. It has nothing to do with this, what's going on here. This is your educated mind, and you could gather all kinds of information. Have you ever wondered why some people have such an educated mind? They have degrees coming right off the end of their business card, but it doesn't show up in their results. Why? Paradigm. The law of attraction. You've got to change this. You've got to change the vibration you're in and your whole world changes. Listen, in 1961, a man gave me this book and he said, do exactly what I tell you. He was giving me Y type ideas. It caused an enormous amount of discomfort, but I did exactly what he said. And you know something? My income went from 4,000 to 175,000 in a year. And then I took it over a million. It took me nine and a half years to figure out what happened. This is what I'm showing you. Watch this over and over and over again. There's a number of lessons in here. And another lesson, I'm going to show you how to change the paradigm. When you change the paradigm, the change in results is automatic. You know why? You start to attract something new, something different. And what we want to do is program in positive information and eliminate the negative. And I'm going to show you how to do that. A law of attraction. You attract according to the vibration you're in. This thing we live in is a molecular structure. Your body is a mass of energy. Do you know if you put your body in front of an infrared television camera in a completely dark room, your whole being would be nothing but a glistening, radiating, gleaming form. Feeling is conscious awareness of the vibration we're in. When we don't feel good, we're in a negative vibration. You want to feel good? Move into a positive vibration. Stop and think of what you're grateful for. But understand this, you will never attract to you wealth, happiness, health, until you get the paradigm and get you on that frequency. It's Bob Proctor and thank you. See, people don't resist change. People resist being changed. Mm, yes. That's right. We've got to change ourselves. We've got to build a new image, a picture in our mind. We've got to see ourselves the way we want to be. And then we have to live with it. That's you go to the gym workout, that's what you do. You build a picture of how you want to see this arm, this arm, and you build that picture, and then you build the body. Well, you build the life in your mind. Take your pen and write out how you want to live, and always start by writing, I'm so happy and grateful now that. And the second you write it, you've got it intellectually. The moment you impress it upon your emotional mind, you've got it emotionally. And it's only a period of time till it manifests on the physical plane. Yeah. Spirit works from a higher to a lower potential. Habits. Good habits will give you results that stick. Bad habits will destroy everything. I have some bad habits. That's right. All my habits are not great. So if you've got some bad habits, don't feel bad. So does your next door neighbor. So does your mentor, your coach. So does your mother and father if they're alive. So does everyone. And the trick of life is to replace a bad habit with a good habit. I used to hang around bars all the time. And one day I went in, I picked up a glass and I looked around and I thought, they're all bums in here. And then it dawned on me, I'm always here. <laughs> I learned something. I put the glass down and I said, I'm never coming back here again and I'm never gonna drink this. And I never did. That was a long time ago. But you know what I did? 
I went from spending all my money on the bar to the racetrack, and I started to bet it all on horses. So I went from making somebody with a bar get wealthy, and then I started to feed the horses. And one day I woke up, and I learned something. If you don't consciously and deliberately replace a bad habit with a good habit, you will automatically create another bad habit. Now, what is a habit? A habit is an idea that has been planted in the garden of your subconscious mind and then repetitively fed for a sufficient period of time that you act on it without giving any thought to it. I'll give you an example. I want you to right now mentally imagine you're pulling on your underwear in the morning. What foot do you put in first? I put my right foot in. If I tried to put my left foot in my underwear first, I'd stagger and I'd fall over. You may say, what's this got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. Why do I put my right foot? You may put your left. Certainly a lot of people do. Well, when I was just a little gaffer, didn't have a clue of how to put underwear on, my mother or my grandmother or my father or somebody came along and they had the underwear read, put your foot in here. Your other foot. What did they do? They had the underwear prepared as if they were going to put it on. And so pretty soon, I was doing it like they were doing it. They, through repetition, planted the idea in my hand, in my mind. Well, now think of this. You don't just form habits of how to get dressed. You form habits to do everything that you do. And some of them are not that productive. Any idea that you keep dwelling on and impressing upon your subconscious mind becomes fixed in the subconscious mind. A habit is nothing but an idea that's fixed in the subconscious mind that you act on without giving any conscious thought. Many years ago, I went in to train the Prudential Insurance Company of America, their agents. I ended up training all of their agents. And I only got them to do two things. This is in the early 70s. I got them to form the habit of being in front of a prospect before 9 a.m. and ask everybody they talk to to purchase $100,000 worth of insurance. I said, you don't have to sell them. Just give them the opportunity to say no. Do you know the sales in that company went up by hundreds of millions of dollars? I had a, revire, a retired VP tell me he thought it was a billion. Just changing two habits. What habit do you want to change? I'm forever checking out habits I've got. I'm in the habit right now of changing my diet. And you know something? I've been doing it for going on three weeks. It's getting easier, but it's still not that easy. I'd still like to reach over and eat some of that when nobody's looking. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. I'm looking. What habit are you going to form? And you shouldn't try and form more than two at once. It'll become too big and too heavy, and you won't form any. Make up your mind you're going to do it every day, every day, every day, until you don't have to think about it, and then you'll automatically do it. I guarantee you this idea will change your life. Think about it all day, because that is definitely an idea that will give you results that will stick. I'm going to share some information with you that it could change the direction of your life like night and day. And when I say that, I want you to really stop and take a look at your life. Um, take an honest look at your life. I, I was thinking just before I start to make this, we have actually been conditioned to kid with ourselves, to lie to ourselves, to um, not really take an honest look at the results we're getting. I want you to take a real honest look at your results. And 
when you look at them, ask yourself, am I living the way I really want to live? You see, most people aren't. One of the first questions I ask a person that comes to work with me, I want to know what's the most they've ever earned in a year. Now, I really don't care what the answer is, but I want to know what the answer is. Because you see, if, um, if a person says the most they've ever earned in a year is $50,000, I know where their mind is programmed. Um, if they tell me the most they've ever earned is $250,000, I know where they're programmed. And then I want to find out what they want. And I know then what has to shift because their mind is programmed and if they're really going to live the way they want to live, they, uh, they've got to change the program. And if they don't change the program, then nothing really happens. Talk about people paying themselves. They pay everything under the sun, but they don't pay themselves. Think of when you're on a plane and... Um, the oxygen mask may drop down. There's a problem with oxygen in the plane. They will tell you, if you have a child with you, put your own on first. Because you can't look after the kids if you haven't got yourself looked after. Well, that's exactly the same with money. Look after yourself first. If you don't pay yourself, you're soon going to cheat yourself and just not do very well. We are building a picture in our mind here. This is an idea. We could say it's a goal. Then we impress that idea upon this part of our personality. That's the idea in our mind. Now, what we've got to understand is that this part of our mind, the subjective mind, is actually universal intelligence. And this is really the way it is. When you press the idea upon your subconscious mind, you are universally everywhere. Now to help you think of that, where well, here's a phone. Let's suppose you're in, uh, okay, Buenos Aires. And I'm right here in uh, North America, Toronto. And I dial your number. I've got you on the phone. Time and space means nothing because I've got onto that frequency. And so you and I can communicate. We're connected. One person's in Buenos Aires, or you could say Singapore, or you could say Shanghai, and another one is in New York or in Toronto, but they're connected. Why? The time and space means nothing because you're dealing with energy and you're dealing with laws. Now, when you impress this idea upon the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind is universal intelligence. And everything, anywhere in the universe, that's in harmony, that is a frequency. Understand that. That idea is a frequency. It's operating on a frequency. 
And so everything that's in harmony with it begins to move toward it. Because in harmonious vibration, you attract it. Now, throw a slide up, Scott. Look here for a moment. Soren Kierkegaard wrote something really great on intuition. He said, listen, you gotta listen. You listen with your emotions. We can only get in touch with our own source of intuition and wisdom when we no longer depend upon others' opinions for our sense of identity or worth. We all tend to worship something. The question is, will we worship the God of opinion or the God of our heart? I found I had less and less to say until finally I became silent and began to listen. I discovered in the silence the voice of God. Now look it. You're going to attract to you everything that you require to manifest the idea in your mind. Thoughts will come to you. It's your intuition that picks them up and then act on them. And just because you've never gone there before, you've never done it before, that's okay. This is where courage comes in. This is where awareness and wisdom comes in. See, intuition is the mental faculty. It, go back to our slide here for a moment, Scott. Intuition is here in our conscious mind. It's one of our intellectual factors. We have perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory, and intuition right here. Now, intuition is that mental faculty on a conscious level. We pick up thoughts that are flying our way. They're flying our way. What are they? It's energy that's in harmony with you. You've got on the frequency of this good that you desire. And you're going to start attracting. And that's what Kierkegaard said. We've got to start listening. We listen with our emotions. Let's pay attention to what's coming our way. I didn't like the idea that when you've lived for so long, you've got to cut out, you've got to stop. I thought, hell, I don't like that idea at all. And first of all, I think we're, we're I believe we're here to do God's work. God's work is creation, you know, mm -hmm. uh, expansion, fuller expression, greater goodness. Um, and if we're going to do that, we're going to be working at it all the time we're here on this planet. We never stop. So age should have no bearing on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a couple of people ask me when we started to build this place, we, we put a couple of million dollars into this, and somebody said, how old are you? <laughs> and I think I was probably 83 when they started to break ground. They said, you're 83, and you're going to spend $2 million building a studio? And I said, yeah, like, why not? I mean, you see, we let things that really have no concern, we let them bother us. We let them control us. Mm. Age is a dumb thing to let control you. It's our thinking that controls everything.
That's the one point every great leader agreed on. We become what we think about. Well, what's a person thinking? I'm thinking if I get old, I got to stop. Well, then you'll stop. Mm. Or I'm thinking, well, if I've been here a long time, I've got a lot of experience. I want to utilize that experience to keep me going as long as I am here. There's a boss and there's a leader. Leader get people excited about improving the quality of whatever it is, themselves, their work, whatever they're doing. People follow leaders because they want to. People don't follow leaders because they have to. That becomes a form of dictatorship. And that never works. The great leaders, people want to follow. And leaders inspire you. Leaders pull the very best out of you. Leaders know how to look inside and bring the best of you to the surface, cause you to look at the higher side of your own personality. What the world always is looking for, it's leader. Like, it, it's silly to ask who's going to lead. The leader's going to lead. <laughs> right. And the leader just automatically emerges. If they threw 50 of us into a committee and say, you don't elect a leader, you may elect one, but the leader's going to lead, and it probably isn't the one that's elected. Yeah, so true. And the everybody- leader knows how. They know how to get the best out of people. I want to talk to you about where you're going and what you want to do with your life. You see, most people never go after what they want because they don't know every step they have to take to get there. I want you to think of a person going up the side of a wall of ice. Now, the only rule for reaching a goal that you have to know is knowing where you're going and knowing that you're going to get there. You do not have to know how you're going to get there. Now, pay attention to this for a moment. Imagine the climber has all his equipment. He's got his crampons. He's got his climbing rope, his hardware, his ice axes. How does he get to the top? He's standing on the ground, and he's looking at maybe a 100-foot vertical wall of ice. He looks up and he has absolutely no idea the path that he's going to take. He just sees himself at the top. He reaches up and he puts one pick in, and then another pick. Then he raises one foot and then the other. Now he's not standing on the ground any longer. He's suspended on the wall on a vertical wall of ice that goes up for 100 feet. He adapts to the changes that is taking place in his environment. And then and only then does he see the next step. And he moves this pick, then this pick, then this foot, then this foot. Now that's how he gets to the top, a step at a time. And that's how you're going to get to your goal. You just have to know the first step to take. And when you take that step, you're going to find that your conditions, your circumstance and environment will change. Then you see how you have to make the next step. It's a matter of adapting all the time. You only have to know two things. You have to know where you're going and you have to know that you're going to get there. You've got to see it in your mind. Now, this is the beautiful scenario. This is what it's all about. Save that in your mind and think of it often. Think. Every time you think of your goal and you're trying to figure out how you're going to do it, think of that vertical wall of ice. What's the next step? That's all you really have to know. One step at a time. And you'll get to wherever you're going. That's how Hillary got to the top of Mount Everest. Hello there and welcome. 
Do you know, almost everyone has a great idea and they're going to execute the great idea. I have all kinds of people come to me. I've got a great idea I'd like to share with you. What they do is they want me to execute their idea. Why don't they execute their idea? When you get a real good idea, you should act on it. People have ideas of starting a business. I've started a number of different businesses. Question is where to start. You start where you are and you start with what you've got. That's all you need. When you start where you are and with what you've got and you bring your mind to focus on that idea, you will attract everything to you that you need. You are taught seek ye first this kingdom in its righteousness and all these things will be given to us. See, when you learn to focus on something, you get on a frequency. And when you're on that frequency, you start to attract whatever you want. You may not have any money. You may not have the resources that you need to execute, to build it into something big. That doesn't matter. All the resources that you need to do anything you want to do is already here, but you've got to get in touch with them. You've got to get in harmony with them and boom, you'll rush them into your life. You'll attract the money, the people, the thoughts, the things, everything you need, you'll attract to you. So where do you start? You always start where you are and you start with what you've got. Don't be looking at what you don't have. Think of what you do have. Fall in love with your idea and get it rolling now. If you tell yourself a lie often enough, you're gonna to start to believe it. And way around 1900, William James said, believe and your belief will create the fact. It's gotta be believed, you've gotta believe it. And if there's no belief, it ain't gonna happen. See, when you believe it, you're encased in the idea, you fuse with the idea. And that makes all kinds of things happen. When you believe it, there's no quitting. You never quit. It doesn't matter what happens. You don't quit. Quitting is never an option. I, the people that quit, they never really bought into the idea in the first place. See, you've got to, you, you get it on three levels. The second you think of something, you've got it intellectually. When you get emotionally involved, you've got it on a spiritual or emotional level. Well, then that expresses itself through the body. Body's just an instrument of your mind. And so when you're really buying into it, you literally fuse with it. Neville said you fuse with it. And this causes all kinds of things to happen. You're dealing with electronics. You're dealing with energy. Like the second you think something, that's all you need. See, you live on frequencies. You think on frequencies. Your phone operates on frequencies. And it's like magic. Um, you're, you're in Romania, are you? Right. I'm in Toronto. Yes. If I've got your number on my phone, I could take a picture of something, hit it like that. You've got it in Romania. Simultaneous with me sending it. Because when you get into the mind, there isn't any time or space. It's just immediate. Yeah. Well, the. You're living on frequencies. Now, when you think of something, what you've done is you've flipped your brain onto a higher frequency. The very fact you can see it is all the proof you need to know you could get it. What you have to do is raise your love, love consciousness to that frequency. And then you will attract whatever's on that frequency, all the good you need to manifest the idea. Overcoming fear is one of the greatest moves a person can make. 
First of all, we have to ask ourselves what causes fear. Fear is caused by ignorance, not knowing. And if we're going to go and do anything new, if we're going to break out of a paradigm, if we're going to change habit patterns, we're wandering into an area we've never been. And you know, fear stops most people. You'll find people afraid to talk to a stranger. You'll find individuals afraid to stand up and ask a question in front of other people. You'll find salespeople afraid to make a sales call, afraid to ask for the order. Stop and think of how confining that is. A person's putting themselves into a small cell, but it's in their own mind. The doors aren't locked. They can open and you can walk away to freedom. If you learn to overcome fear. When you face fear, it leaves you. Face the thing you fear and it'll leave you. That's really the secret of it. In fact, if you hold yourself back because of fear, your life actually comes to a stop because nothing gets better than it is. You've got to be courageous. Now, courageous people aren't without fear. Courageous people are the ones that face their fear. I think Eddie Rickenbacker pointed that out, the great pilot. Don't let fear stop you. Make up your mind you're going to step out and do it. Stop and think of the number of people that are in jobs that they don't like and they're afraid to leave. Or people in relationships that are destructive and they're afraid to leave. This is a terrible way to live and it's not necessary. It's just caused by ignorance. And when we step out and do something, we gain an awareness. We develop an understanding. And like that, the fear is gone. Make up your mind that fear is not going to stop you from doing the thing you really want to do. This is Eldon Hassa. I see you in the next episode.